Hello, Set Apart Saints. This is David Nakao Wilcoxon. This audio is from the Olivet Discourse Decoded video series. The videos were low-tech, mostly me just reading what's on the screen. So you're not missing much in the audio version. The Olivet Discourse Decoded PDFs that I refer to in the lessons can be found at www.theolivetdiscourse.com. Enjoy the lesson. Hello, Set Apart Saints. This is David, and in this lesson, I'm going to cover Matthew 24, verses 32 to 36. Matthew 24, 32 says, Now learn a parable of the fig tree, when his branch is yet tender, and putteth forth leaves. Ye know the summer is nigh. In the study notes of the Aramaic English New Testament, it says that the fruit of the fig tree symbolizes judgment, upon the false judges of Israel, the counterfeit Sanhedrin. Jeremiah 8, 12-13 points to the barrenness of the Jewish leaders and the judgment to come upon them. It says, Were they ashamed when they had committed abomination? Nay, they were not at all ashamed. Neither could they blush. Therefore they shall fall among them that fall. In the time of their visitation they shall be cast down, saith the Lord. I will surely consume them, saith the Lord. There shall be no grapes on the vine, nor figs on the fig tree, and the leaf shall fade, and the things that I have given them shall pass away from them. Mark eleven eleven through 20 gives an interesting narrative about the fig tree and the rotten fruit of the Jewish leaders. And Jesus entered into Jerusalem and into the temple, and when he looked round about upon all things, and now the eventide was come. He went out unto Bethany with the twelve, and on the morrow, when they were come from Bethany, he was hungry. And seeing a fig tree afar off, having leaves, he came, if haply he might find anything thereon. And when he came to it, he found nothing but leaves, for the time of figs was not yet. And Jesus answered and said unto it, No man eat fruit of thee hereafter forever. And his disciples heard it. And they came to Jerusalem, and Jesus went into the temple, and began to cast out them that sold and bought in the temple, and overthrew the tables of the money changers, and the seats of them that sold doves, and would not suffer that any man should carry any vessel through the temple. And he taught, saying unto them, Is it not written, My house shall be called of all nations the house of prayer? But ye have made it a den of thieves. And the scribes and chief priests heard it, and sought how they might destroy him. For they feared him, because all the people was astonished at his doctrine. And when even was come, he went out of the city. And in the morning, as they passed by, they saw the fig tree dried up from its roots. So you see the symbolism of the fig tree. And he's come to Jerusalem several times, and he doesn't find fruit in the Jewish nation. Luke thirteen six to 9 says, He spoke also this parable. A certain man had a fig tree planted in his vineyard. And he came and sought fruit thereon, and found none. Then he said unto the dresser of this vineyard, Behold, these three years I come seeking fruit on this fig tree, and find none. Cut it down. Why cumbereth it the ground? And he answered, saying unto him, Lord, let it alone this year, till I shall dig about it, and dung it. And if it bear fruit, well. And if not, then after that thou shalt cut it down. So it's interesting that Messiah's ministry was effectively three years. And here we have this parable of the fig tree for three years. And he's saying, all these three years, I have not found fruit on the fig tree. I have not found fruit in the Jewish leadership system. Luke thirteen thirty four to 35 shows the lack of fruit of the Jewish nation. 
And Messiah said, O Jerusalem, Jerusalem, which killest the prophets, and stonest them that are sent unto thee, how often would I have gathered thy children together, as a hen doth gather her brood under her wings, and ye would not. Behold, your house is left unto you desolate, and verily I say unto you, Ye shall not see me until the time when ye shall say, Blessed is he that cometh in the name of the Lord. Matthew 24.33 says, So likewise ye, when ye shall see all these things, know that it is near, even at the doors. So ye is the disciples. And the King James is very precise on this. He's speaking to the disciples, not a future generation, to the disciples. So when you see all these things that he previously described, which we've gone through in this video series to show how they've been fulfilled in exacting detail in that generation, then know that the destruction of the Jewish nation, the destruction of the temple, which is the context, the judgment of the Jewish leaders in Matthew 23, that's the context. Know those things are at hand. John Gill's Exposition of the Entire Bible from 1809 says, That are mentioned above, relating to the signs of the destruction of the temple and city and the destruction itself, with all those several things that should directly take place upon it. This is an accommodation of the above parable, similitude, or comparison. Regarding know that it is near even at the doors, he says, For to be in the doors or within the gates is more than to be at the doors or at the gates, and thus the fig tree putting forth its leaves is a sign that summer is not only nigh, but is already come. Even that part of it we call spring, for the scripture divides the whole year into two parts, summer and winter. So these calamities and desolations on the Jews were a sign that the Son of Man was come, was in the gates, displaying his power and his glory or the redemption and deliverance of the people of God was at hand from the persecutions of the Jews. For till the destruction of Jerusalem, the persecution of the Christians were chiefly from the Jews, or occasioned by them. But now, they being destroyed, the summer of deliverance was at hand. Matthew twenty-four thirty-four says, Verily I say unto you, this generation shall not pass till all these things be fulfilled. And Mark 13 and Luke 21 say basically the same thing. In the This Generation video, I show how Matthew includes nine previous mentions of that generation, and all of them point to the Jews who lived in Messiah's first advent. Messiah rebuked the Jewish leaders, as we see in Matthew 23, and he proclaimed that all of the righteous blood would be poured out on them, on that generation, saying, Assuredly, I say to you, all these things will come upon this generation. He's pointing right at those Jewish leaders, saying, These things are going to come upon you in that generation. A biblical generation is 40 years. Messiah taught the Olivet Discourse in 31 AD. The siege of Jerusalem and the desolation of the Jews and the temple took place in 70 AD. So indeed, it did happen in their generation. Messiah had proclaimed in Mark 9, 1, And he said unto them, Verily I say unto you, that there shall be some of them that stand here which shall not taste of death, till they have seen the kingdom of God come with power. Messiah was speaking to his disciples, saying that in their lifetime, in their generation, they would see the kingdom of Yah, the Heavenly Father, come with power. Messiah proclaimed to the Jewish high priest that he would see him come in power, in judgment of him. Mark 14, 61-62 says, But he held his peace and answered nothing. Again the high priest asked him and said unto him, Art thou the Christ, the Son of the Blessed? And Jesus said, I am, and ye shall see the Son of Man sitting on the right hand of power and coming in the clouds of heaven. 
And indeed, the high priest did see Messiah come in the clouds of judgment, causing the mighty Roman army to desolate the city, the temple, and the Jewish nation. This is a clear statement. If Messiah was referring to the end times, he would have said that generation, but he said this generation, referring to the current one. And the historical record proves that all of the previous things that Messiah declared did occur before the desolation of the temple, and the judgment came upon the Jewish nation in that generation. Dr. Thomas Newton, in Dissertations on the Prophecies from 1754, says, It is to me a wonder how any man can refer part of the foregoing discourse to the destruction of Jerusalem, and part to the end of the world, or any other distant event, when it is said so positively here in the conclusion, all these things shall be fulfilled in this generation. It seems as if our Savior had been aware of some such misapplication of his words by adding yet greater force and emphasis in his affirmation in verse 35. Heaven and earth shall pass away, but my words shall not pass away. In this verse, Messiah emphasizes that all of those things would happen in that generation of wicked Jewish leaders who continued in their rebellion against their heavenly father who sought to kill his son. John Gill's exposition of the entire Bible from 1809 says, about, but my word shall not pass away. They shall not be vain or empty or unaccomplished, which is true of anything and everything spoken by Christ. And especially here regards all that he had said concerning the calamities that should befall the Jews before, at, or upon the destruction of their nation, city, and temple. And the design of the expression is to show the certainty, unalterableness, and sure accomplishment of these things. Matthew twenty four thirty six says, But of that day, an hour knoweth no man, no, not the angels of heaven, but my Father only. Matthew may have combined two of Messiah's discourses, as most of the declarations in Matthew 24, verses 36 to 51, aren't included in the context of the Olivet Discourse that is recorded in Mark 13 or Luke 21. Mark 13, 32 to 37 says, But of that day and that hour knoweth no man, no, not the angels which are in heaven, neither the Son, but the Father. Take ye heed, watch, and pray, for ye know not when the time is. For the Son of Man is as a man taking a far journey, who left his house, and gave authority to his servants, and to every man his work, and commandeth the porter to watch. Watch ye therefore, for ye know not when the master of the house cometh, at even, or at midnight, or at the cock crowing, or in the morning, lest coming suddenly he find you sleeping. And what I say unto you, I say unto all, watch. Luke 21, 34-36 says, And take heed to yourself, lest at any time your hearts be overcharged with surfeiting, and drunkenness, and cares of this life, and so that day come upon you unawares. For as a snare shall it come upon all them that dwell on the face of the whole earth. Watch ye therefore, and pray always, that ye may be accounted worthy to escape all these things that shall come to pass, and stand before the Son of Man. Luke 17 shows that Messiah's words about as in the days of Noah and one will be taken and the other left were spoken by Messiah when he was asked by the Pharisees when the kingdom of Yah the Heavenly Father would come, which is a separate discourse. Just before Messiah talked about the days of Noah, he pointed to that generation of Jewish leaders, rejecting him and delivering him up to be killed. So it seems the tide of the days of Noah reference to the first century. Luke 17:25 says, But first must he suffer many things and be rejected of this generation.
Luke 17, 29 points to Lot coming out of Sodom before it was destroyed by fire and brimstone, which corresponds to the saints coming out of Judea before the Roman army burned it down. Luke 17, 30 also ties into Matthew 24, 30. And the Son of Man coming in power, Luke 17, 30 says, Even thus shall it be in the day when the Son of Man is revealed. It's interesting that Matthew 24, 39 points to the flood waters taking people away in the days of Noah as it was the Roman army which surrounded Jerusalem, who flooded into the city to desolate the Jews. Daniel pointed to the flood coming against the Jewish nation during the coming war in Daniel 9.26, which says, And its end will come as with a flood, even to the end there will be war. Desolations are determined. In scripture, a military invasion is occasionally compared to an overwhelming flood. Isaiah 8, 7-8 says, Now therefore, behold, the Lord brings up upon them the waters of the river, strong and many, even the king of Assyria, and all his glory. And he shall come up over all his channels, and go over all his banks, and he shall pass through Judea. He shall overflow, and go over. He shall reach even to the neck. And the stretching out of his wings shall fill the breadth of thy land, O Emmanuel. Jeremiah 46, 6-7 says, Let not the swift flee away, nor the mighty man escape. They shall stumble, and fall toward the north by the river Euphrates. Who is this that cometh up as a flood, whose waters are moved as the rivers? Anyone who has read Josephus' description of Jerusalem's destruction will concur that the invasion of Jerusalem by the Roman armies was an overwhelming and devastating flood. At the end of the war in 70 A.D., the Roman army flooded into Jerusalem, killing hundreds of thousands of Jews by the sword. So the abomination of desolation, the darkening of the sun, moon, and stars, Messiah coming in the clouds of heaven with power and great glory, and the angels gathering the elect are the primary topics which people assign to the end times. My focus in this video series is Messiah's warnings, which are bracketed in between his two declarations in Matthew 23, 36 and Matthew 24, 34, that they would take place in the generation of Jews who rejected him. The context of the Olivet Discourse is the judgment of the Jewish leaders and the desolation of the Second Temple, and that took place in that generation in 70 AD. We can see how each declaration the Messiah made in his Olivet Discourse that's prophetic was fulfilled in that generation of Jews. For explanations about verses 36 to 51, you can read commentaries from Albert Barnes, Adam Clark, John Gill, and Matthew Pohl on studylight.org. In the next video, I'll talk about the fulfillment of the prophecies in Daniel 12, as they are directly related to the Olivet Discourse. Thank you for listening to this Olivet Discourse Decoded audio. You can save and print Olivet Discourse Decoded PDF summaries, you can request a free copy of the Olivet Discourse Decoded book or order a printed copy at www.theolivetdiscourse.com. Please share this podcast audio with others so that they can see the glory of Messiah in the fulfillment. I love y'all. Shalom.